Hey everybody, I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's the 20th of September, 2023. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. Maybe you're on the archives. Most people do listen to the show on the archives. And uh, everything's archived over at ace-ed.org. That's the home website of the American Consortium for Equity in Education, ace-ed.org and ace-ed.org. All right. We are the voice of the of the consortium. And uh, we love talking to you. Almost every day we do this. And we do sometimes two times, three times a day. And we talk to you about all the things about education that we can in pre-K-12. And today we've got a very enjoyable show. A gentleman I've been talking to over the phone. His name is Nathaniel Provencio. And Nathaniel has won many awards, which we will talk about as principal in uh, Virginia, and he was principal of Miniville Elementary in Prince William County, won an award there, took a title well, won school, okay, and uh, beca- it became a uh, dis- Virginia Distinguished Title I school, became a national model, professional learning community, and was the winner of the 2019 Richard Dufour PLC Award. And uh, Mr. Provencio has been honored by the Washington Post, by his alma mater, George Mason, et cetera, et cetera. And he's now working with school districts all over the country, helping helping them do, have the same success that he had. And today we're going to focus a lot on the importance of seeing your constituents, whoever they may be, if you're a school leader, in customer service. And that's what we're going to talk about with Nathaniel today. Please go over to our website, ace-ed.org. The podcast will be archived over there. And if you click on the pop podcast link, okay, you will uh, see all the podcast past, blah, 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 all the podcasts we've done over the last few years. It's all there for you. Just pop and listen. Everything's free over there. The uh, magazine, Equity and Access, Pre-K-12, our online journal is over there as well. The Excellence at Equity Awards is over there. Everything we do, it's all for you. It's all free at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, with me blabbing here, let me bring on Nathaniel. And there he is. Hi, Nathaniel. Hey, hey doing, Larry. Good, man, <laughs> finally glad to connect with you, brother. Finally yeah, glad to connect with you. And I'll, I'll explain that because we had the show scheduled about a month ago when we couldn't do it. And then we had a problem <laughs> last week as well, just a scheduling thing. And we wound up that we're here today. So we finally got it together, Nathaniel. And I'm thrilled about all that. I hope I did a good job of introducing you to everybody. Anything you want to add to that? Oh, man. You know, it's uh, one of the things that uh, I, I crack up is, um, you know, I was also part of the, um, you know, five bottom 5% uh, in my graduating class that made the top 95% possible, you know, so, uh, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> so it's, I'm a, I'm a bit of, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a late bloomer, but it, it's all good, man. I, I found my, I found my purpose, found my why. And, uh, yeah, you, did. you know, once, one, one of the things I tell kids all the time and students and even my own children is like, you know, it's everything that all the struggles that we have in life points you in the right direction, uh, for success, you know, our, our pain, is usually the birthplace of our purpose. And, yes. you know, I, I just absolutely love, you know, your, your show. I love the, the conversations oh, about equity. And, you know, and that's the reason why, you know, I've, I've been able to stay in education for, you know, a couple of decades and do what I do. It's because I, I, I genuinely believe that all kids have our last name. And, and, and do we treat our students as if they are our own family members? Do we make decisions oh, nice. um, for some kids, right, that we would make for our, our own kids? Um, and, and 
the answer to that is, is an equity conversation. It and is. as I travel, as I'm blessed to be able to travel the country and, and work in schools from affluent schools to private schools to charter schools to, uh, you know, high poverty schools. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. can see so much and, you know, our, our issues and our, and our things that we've got going on, we're very, very similar. Um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of differences between the, the challenges that we have. But the big challenge is, is one of the things that I see, and hopefully we can talk about today, is how we are treating every student as that primary stakeholder as if they have our own, own name. How, how we're treating, how our school leaders are treating our teachers um, as if they are our own family members. How our district mm. supervisors are treating our principals as if they are, you know, one of their own. And when we can take a step back and see each other, see the humanity in everybody and start treating everyone as if, you know, that whole golden rule thing, right? Um, yeah, it is. I think, I, think, I think we can move mountains, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And I think that there is something to be said um, about creating cultures of service and experience, involvement and engagement, not only for students, but for our teachers and for our staff and for our principals and our family members. I think that might be something we need to lean into a little bit more. Right. It, it is so important. And, uh, you know, you're an expert on this whole idea of customer service and you have to see and you have to see yourself doing that. And I, I hope that's taught, you know, when people go to go get their master's degrees in administration, et cetera, et cetera. And when you say customer service, okay, when you talk about this, Nathaniel, in your head, are you talking about, the people inside the school, or are you also, uh, is it also the community that you want to wish to serve, seeing them as customers as well? And I agree with you, you know, you've got to, if people feel like they're being treated well, they're going to work a lot harder and a lot better. That includes both faculty, staff, and community. What's your thoughts? When you say customer, who are you referring to? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to answer that question, but first I'm going to answer another question that you kind of put out that you said sure. that I hope that our school leaders are getting this training. They're not, yeah. Larry. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, they're not. I, I, <laughs> I they're knew not. that. <laughs> school, yeah, right. Yeah. School leaders have had, you know, I had, okay, I always crack up. I have more customer service training as a cart pusher at Walmart when I was sure. uh, 17, 18 years old than I ever had in, in my understudies or my master's in yeah. education and education leadership. So we, this is not something that's germane to our profession. We're not taught about how to cultivate an ecosystem in our schools that 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 just that just brings out the 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 life and the possibility we don't run our schools like um you know you know like like places it's more like institutions sometimes and not like experiences so one of the things that i think about is like have a customer service mindset so I'm going to start with the school principal because um i know there's a lot of pressure on our school principals but this is the school principal has some of the most direct contact with all the customers in, in the organization. So first and foremost, the most yeah. primary customer that we serve are our students. They are our most precious uh, customers. We have to serve them through uh, great, ex- not only meeting their, uh, you know, the needs of each an individual student, but also giving them experiences that are memorable so that they want to come hmm. to school, so that they want to continue to, uh, you know, talk about the great things that happens in the school. Larry, when you and I, if we're sitting at a bar somewhere having a cup of coffee or a little beverage or, or something, <laughs> and we're starting yeah. talking about schools, we're not talking about the tests we took. We're not talking about the textbooks. 
we're not talking about the programs the teachers use. When you and I are chatting and having a laugh, we're talking about experiences. We're talking yeah. about the memories. We're talking about how we felt. That is what promotes uh, great schools. Yes, we want to make sure that we're serving our students with excellent tier one instruction. We want to make sure that we're giving our students uh, exposure to great standards and making sure that they have the materials they need to do that. But we also have to meet them where they are. We have to make sure that our students, when we're serving them, we're not serving curriculum. We're serving students. We're not serving stuff. We're, you know, we're serving students. And I think that's a little bit of a disconnect I'm seeing right now is we're rushing to spend all this money to, you know, accelerate learning through the pandemic. We spent all this federal money on stuff and programs and curriculum. And I'm like, I'm kind of like tired of hearing about these these reading wars, you know, like buy this program or buy this program. Right. Hold up. We need, we need to start investing in students. We need to start figuring out, like, how does a student learn? What is a student coming to our classroom with? And our principals need to be able to serve their staff so that they can serve their students, um, so that they can explore those unique uh, gifts that our students are bringing, those 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 funds of knowledge that our students are bringing to the school. So one of the things that the first and foremost thing we got to serve is our students so that it's not only a great service with giving good instruction, but it's also a great experience about differentiating and providing those scaffolds and supports to bring those standards to life for our kids. So primarily, it's the students that we want to serve. Then, as a principal, we have to serve our staff, man. I always used to say that, look, our, our <laughs> teachers, we're, they're like, uh, we're the adopted parents of our teachers uh, and our staff. And we have to treat them as if they are family. Like, like that, that third grade teacher, that fifth grade teacher, that PE teacher, that is someone's son. That is someone's daughter. Huh. That's someone's spouse, right? That's someone's granddaughter. That teacher might be the – that might have been the first person in that person's family to, to go to college, right? And so they're doing the absolute best they can. And when teachers are successful, it's because they're giving they're, – they're, they're in an ecosystem that makes sure that they do not work in isolation, that they have the, the supports, the needs, and the resources to do their job and to meet the needs of their students. Larry, I keep, I keep on coming across this uh, statistic that 30 – I think it's roughly 33% of all first-year teachers leave within the first year. Like they don't come back to teaching. And yes, the it's reason too high, why they're way leaving, too high statistic. Oh, it way is. too high, right? Yeah. And the reason high. why they're leaving, they're yeah. not leaving the profession, they're leaving people. Because when they're in that school, hmm. they're, they're having to do everything by themselves. And when teachers leave, they're leaving an ecosystem that did not support them as teachers, that did not support them as individuals. Um, one of the things I do when I work with schools across the country like the difference between high achieving schools and lower achieving schools is what John Hattie called collective teacher efficacy. But you have to support how teachers work collectively. And our first year teachers, man, and some of our experienced teachers, they're doing so much by themselves. They're like independent contractors. And that is not how we're going to continue to promulgate schools of excellence. We cannot operate in a prairie room, prairie school mindset, a one-room prairie house <laughs> mindset. That is, that is done, but that, Larry, that's still happening in schools after schools after schools, and we've got to stop it. 
And great leaders know how to cultivate that collective teacher efficacy. And that's one of the best ways to serve your, your staff, to see them as, as the hope in their family, to give them the supports and resources that they need, and to make sure that they work in a team approach to meet the needs of their students. Yeah. And then the, other custom, the, the third customer to really focus yeah. on is our parents and families. Absolutely. And one of the things that I look at in, in Title I schools or economically challenged schools is that our parents and families are not involved like we need them to be. And I think it's because there has always been a generational and a historic mindset that, that parents send the kids to school and parents and families do what they need to do and, and ever the tween shall not meet. But when schools are really, really being effective, it's not just a Title I night. It's a Title I school year, right? It's a parent engagement school year. It's not just an event. It's an experience for our parents and families. And one of the challenges that I like to give district leaders and school principals is, like, you know, is this this kind of school that you would want your child to go to? It's the Jonas Salk test, right? Yeah. Is this the kind of environment that you would want your own family to come in? And if it's not, change that environment. Invite your parents and families into – don't just chase the, that one mom around who's always making copies to sign your Title I improvement plan or your school improvement plan. Get as many parents as possible in that building. Give them a seat at the table and be transparent with what you're instructing. Be transparent with how you're teaching. Be transparent with the resources that you're using. Ask them questions how they can improve the school because principals, it's not your school. It, you are a renter. It is the community school. You are just a placeholder and, and, and serving this community. So it's more the parents and the family school that it is yours, right? We're just, we're just holding the coffee cup, so to speak. And, and so what we've got to be able to do is have that mentality that we've got to create a place that all parents and families are just so proud to be able to send their, send their kids. Um, and to be uh, just so proud that we would want our teachers to be in that school. So, you know, in a nutshell, mm -hmm. that's, who we, that's who we serve. But also, we can't do that unless we're serving. And this is going to sound a little crazy, but we also have to serve ourselves. I can't that serve That doesn't sound others. crazy. Right. I can't, I can't fill up others unless, unless I'm filled up. And so one of the things I also uh, have had to learn the hard way is that self-care is not something that is, you know, in vogue, you know, and like, ooh, self-care, whatever. I mean, that's a real thing. And we need to really, really take care of ourselves. We need to give ourselves permission to take those breaks. We need to give ourselves permission to use those leave days that's, that's honored to us. And we can't make anyone feel bad about taking some time to fill our cups up because this is like a long journey. And, and you know, kids are going to keep coming. You know, communities are going to keep growing. And this is a this is a not only a marathon but a marathon of marathons, and we've got to make sure that we're first serving ourselves so we can serve others. So that kind of customer thinking, that customer service and experience mindset, um, is something that we can just. I think we know it, but do we do it? You know, do we? Yeah, we got to do it. And my my it? question yeah. is, with all this, where does one start? You go into school districts all over the country, okay? Where do you yeah. tell them to start? Okay, because you what know, you're saying is yeah, important, yeah. what you're saying is accurate, but where do they start with this? Do they take a survey, yeah, you know, you know, whatever? Well, you know what, Tell me. You're, 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 you've got so much information about the perception that's happening with your school. Like, like I, I, I look at four A's to really start peering into about the 
about how well your school is serving its customers and giving experience for your customers. So there's four A's that I look at. Okay, the first A's, the first A is attendance. Now, I'm not just talking about student attendance, but that is part of it. So if you've got 180 yeah. days in a year, what does your attendance look like with your students? What does your attendance look like with your staff? What does your attendance look like with your parents and families? Or do yep. you actually have That's customers coming into your doors, right? So what does the data show, right? If you have like 80% student attendance, your, your culture is, is not inviting for your students. If you've That's got right. uh, teachers and staff members that are constantly calling out, you don't have a welcoming, you don't have a healthy environment. You have a place that people don't want to go to. That's right. right. If you've got parents and families where you've only got five parents showing up to your back to school night or if you've only got 20 parents showing up to parent teacher conferences, you've got an environment that's a closed door mentality. And that's some hard data, some very quantitative data that you need to look at to see, do you actually have customers coming into your business? So that first A is attendance. The second A is academics. Your academic results are, a, are for me, a direct correlation to the environment that you are providing for your students. If you've got low uh, achievement, then you probably have low family engagement. If you have low achievement, you probably have low teacher engage engagement. If you have low achievement, you probably have low student engagement. So that data for me is a direct correlation uh, to the kinds of, you know, um, you know, support that you have from your community. If you've got high achievement, you probably have high engagement. If you have high achievement, you probably have high student engagement. So you see what I mean. So when you look yeah. at your data, there's a, there's a correlation between that. Now, I've worked in, like, charter schools and private schools where, you know, parents and families send, send their money and they send their kid, right? I, I've, yeah. I've seen it. Sure. And sure. the achievement is high, but just because you have a high parent and family demographic, doesn't mean you have exceptional achievement. Now imagine if you had high, uh, you know, parent and family engagement, and you're, you know, you're doing everything you can to have high achievement. Oh well, then you're just, I mean, is it is achievement the right? third A? Is it wait a minute? Is achievement the third A? But, uh, no, no, no. The uh, the we're still on academics, right? But okay, you know, achievement with academics um, is is still just there. Just checking A's, Larry. Just checking A's. Oh yeah, I know, right, right. <laughs> So, yeah. But I've also seen school districts uh, like the one that I served that didn't necessarily have um, a lot of parent engagement at the beginning, but we were working really, really hard to have high academic achievement. But once we started investing more in our parents and families to be part of our process and started really investing in them, our achievement grew exponentially. So that's the second A. So with first A is attendance, second A is achievement. The right. third A is attitude. No, second this, second A is just, academics. Second A is academics. 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 Yeah. Third A is attitudes, right? Attitude. Oh, right, right. Attitude. attitude. There we go. We got it. We got the A's, right? So the third A is <laughs> attitude. Three. Okay. Good. Excellent. That's right. So if I if I if I looked at your school and I go to this uh, website called uh, greatschools.org, I'm going to see a, a Yelp style review about the perceptions that's going on with your school. You're going to even either have a one star, a two star, a three star, a four star. If I go to a, a website called niche, I think it's or niche or niche.com, I can see what parents and families are saying about your school. If I go to a website called schooldigger.org, I can see the kind of 
feedback that's happening at your school from a public perspective. If I'm buying a house in your community, I'll go to Zillow.com and yeah. I'll look at the address of your school and I'll see what people are saying about you, right? Um, I'll go on your social media, uh, you know, as a school and I'll look at your Facebook post. I'll see what people are saying about your school. I'll go on your Twitter account or X account and I'll see what people are saying about your school. It used to be just word of mouth. Right. The, the, the cul-de-sac yeah. moms, you know, talking about yeah. the school. Now it's now it's worldwide. So if you've yeah, got is. a negative perception, I'll know that you have a negative perception. So attitudes are very important. So how are we when we have an event or we have an encounter with a family member, even if it's a negative encounter or if a positive encounter, we want to make sure that our parents and families are sharing the good word about their school. Like your brand is yeah. really, really important. Your school it mystique is. is really, really it important. Is. And so if parents These and days. families are being am, yeah, ambassadors, if parents and families are being ambassadors for the vision and mission that we have at our school, if our parents, families, and teachers and students are being ambassadors, being missionaries for the mission that we have in our school, then th those attitudes are going to be just insanely awesome. And I want to be a part of a winning organization, right? I want to be a part of a team that's winning, and I want my school to be winning. So those, that third A is the attitudes, and I think that's something important for, for school leaders to really think about and cultivate. Now, I'm not talking yeah. about putting a bunch of BS out there on social media when the reality is quite different, because if your reality is different than what you're sharing, that'll catch up to you very, very quick. So I'm talking about authentic experiences and sharing those things. Don't, don't paint a facade. Just be real and actual, but be mindful about it. So that's the attitudes part. And then finally, advocacy. Like schools huh. have resources to advocate for their community. Schools have resources to advocate for students. Schools has res have resources to advocate for their faculty. So what are the needs that, you know, when we look at like, uh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, are those bottom needs being taken care of by the school? Um, are we making sure that our parents and families and community have, you know, safe, safe neighborhoods? Are we having conversations with the local police department? Are we making sure that our kids have food that, they're, that they have access to? Mm. Um, are we making sure that they don't even have to worry about school supplies? Are we making sure that we're mm. advocating for, for, for all the needs that our, our students and our faculty and our, and our parents, can we just make sure that they have what they need? at, you know, quote, unquote, free and appropriate public education so that they can be ready to learn. And oftentimes schools have missed opportunities to really listen to the needs of their community and muster resources to advocate. And here's what happens, Larry. When we advocate for our community, when we advocate for our kids, when we advocate for our teachers, when we advocate for our parents and families, they advocate for us. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the biggest disconnects I'm seeing right now with a lot of the, the visceral conversations that's happening and some different groups and these kinds of things. These parents are very upset, and they're advocating for themselves, but they're not necessarily advocating for their school. Why? That's right. I've got to be chaos. honest. But, but why? Maybe the school missed an opportunity to advocate for them down the line. And when that, that happens be. over and over and over and over again, there's a possibility that, like, if you didn't advocate for us, then, then we're going to go in a total different direction and, and advocate against you. So there is the possibility that there were some missed conversations, and then when the pandemic exploded, right, then, you know, everyone was already a boiler pot already, and that spilled over. So we don't want that to happen again. So what does our attendance look like at our school? 
What is our academic data telling us about yeah. our school? Yeah. What is our yeah. what is our um, attitudes look like about our school, and how are we advocating? You focus on those four A's, you've got a world class customer service. Yeah, and, and I want to ask you, Nathaniel. Nathaniel, when you say advocate, what, what, what I, I want to get uh, down in the weeds a little bit on that. What do you mean? Who? How? How are you advocating for parents, students? teachers I, I get i think i get yeah. teachers but, but just talk about what would give us an, an example of what you mean by advocating for the community advocating for this do you mean speaking at rotary do you mean uh, you tell me mm-hmm. what you mean yeah so sometimes when you just you know stop and listen you really really learn i'll give you a person a personal example of how Good. uh i was able to shut up and just listen and actually learn yeah. something about advocating for my community so real quick story i was school supply shopping for my kids i don't know if you've ever done school supply shopping it's a thousand awful. years ago i yeah. i hate it right <laughs> and so you know i've got two kids so i was i think i was like a second year principal or something and so i'm at the uh the the, the big box store and i'm uh got the school supply list for my kids' school, and, you know, they have to buy, you know, all this stuff, USBs, markers, you know, all this stuff. And I'm, like, complaining. I'm like, golly, guys, why are we spending, you know, between the two of you, I'm spending $250 on school supplies, plus i got to buy your all the new clothes, you know, and i got to got to get the Air Jordans for the sun, you know, and, like, and I'm complaining about all this from a dad's perspective. While I'm at that <laughs> store – complaining out loud there's a there's a young lady that's standing right there next to me and she's and she's we strike up a conversation and she says yeah yeah i'm spending all this money too it's ridiculous my kid's school also has a a, has a crazy school supply list i'm you know i barely get i got to put it all in credit card i don't know how i can afford it and i'm just like word and she's like word and we're just like having this great conversation and then she and then i ask her well where do your kids go to school and she looked at me and said, well, my kids go to a new school called Miniville Elementary. Which is now, yours. <laughs> which was my school. I was like, son of a this biscuit. Is this, is, wow. this is so embarrassing. So that I'm like, you in the head. Well, that I, hit you in the head. It hit me right in the stomach. And I was just like, yeah, man, listen, man. I, I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> I'm the principal of this school. And she's like, what? And I'm just like, yeah. So this is what we did. I said, on Monday, I want you to come back to the, my school. I want you to meet with my guiding coalition. I want you to meet with my PTO person. And because we just had this conversation, I got this idea that none of our kids should ever have to pay for school supplies ever again. And she's like, really? It's like, yes, but I want you, but I don't know how to do that. And I don't know if I have the funds for that. And I want you and I to share this story with our PTO and our guiding coalition. Uh, that's a great everyone. story. That's a great story. So we came, that, we came, man, we yeah. had one of those, one of those awful cups of coffee. And, and from that day on, we created an opportunity to advocate for our parents and families because our, we, had, we were 80% free and reduced lunch. And we were already creating inequitable situations on the first day yes, of school. Yes, you were. We, yep. we, we had kids showing up in Gucci bags, and we had kids showing up with broken crayons and a, and a brown yeah. paper sack. So we're already creating an inequitable situation because we've always done that. But until I got smacked in the stomach with a re, real conversation – and because I listened, I was able to advocate. And for as long as I was there, Larry, we never had, no kids had to pay for a backpack. Oh, no kids great. had to pay for any school supplies. They just showed up and they learned. So that's when we're open story. for those opportunities, we will learn, and that's how we can advocate. But if we're in our office with our door closed, micromanaging little fires, and not being open to the 
to the inputs and the authentic needs of our community, then we can advocate. So I always talk about a, an open-door policy. It's like principals will say, yeah, I've got an open-door policy. Cool. Whose door are we talking about? Well, <laughs> I'm talking about my door. Okay, well, great. Well, if you're always waiting for people to come to your door, it's easy to have an open-door policy. Principal, are you going to your community's doors, right? Do you have a doors-open policy? And so when you start switching those little mindsets around, then you can listen, you can learn, and you can advocate. What's the uh, – I have to ask, what's the um... – and I know you're good at this, but what's the reaction? Uh, I, I, assume, are you ta- I assume you're talking to principals when you go out to uh, do your professional development at school districts. So you can explain that further if you want. But um, yeah. But uh, what, what is their reaction as you as you as you give your ideas out there? And are you ta- you're mostly <laughs> talking thing. to principals. Am I correct? Or uh, yeah, correct me mostly if I'm wrong. talking to principals. Um, but I, you know, everything from keynotes, you know, where I'm talking to, you know. A, 500 to 1,000 to 10 10 people, you know what I mean? Or if I'm talking directly with principals or district leaders or if I'm coaching the teams, everyone's reaction is the same thing. When do I have time? It's the the five-word sentence that if I had a dollar Mm. for every time I heard that, um, I could retire retire now, right? So when do you have – when do I have time, Mr. Provincio, to advocate for my parents and family? When do I have time to – to meet the needs of my teachers and staff. When do I have time to meet the students where they are? Well, let me ask this question. What else is more important than that? You know, you know, it's not about adding something to your plate. This is the plate. Like we are That's in a service industry. This is our plate. So you, you don't have the time not to do these things. And so what happens is- uh, What's the reaction out to of that? Touch, Nathaniel, what's oh, the reaction well, it, to that? And then they're like, well, show me something that will give me an example. So it's like, I'll show you a billion examples. Here's an example when I was a principal. Here's an example with me as a parent. Here's an example that I saw this morning when I was walking into your school. When I walked into your school this morning, um, I was greeted as if the same way I was greeted if I were going into a prison. And they're like, well, what do you mean by that? (laughs) Well, I had to walk to the door, right? And it says, you know, visitors show ID, right? And I'm fumbling through my ID. And then instead of saying, good morning, Mr. Provincio, we're so excited to have you. We've been waiting for you. All I hear is ID. You know who else greets you with ID? The police officer that pulls you over. So right. I'm telling you this. <laughs> I don't want to be at your school because you've already upset me. So I can just – one of these things that we, we look at is that we can look at customer service and experience through, a, through, a, through the lens of a customer. I'm a father. I'm a you – know, you know, I was a teacher. You know, I'm, so – I, I get to see these things. So when do you have time not to? So then I'll ask this question. What's more important, serving the needs of a curriculum or serving the needs of kids? Okay? What's more important, meeting the demands of a program or meeting the demands of your people? You answer that question, and everyone's going to intuitively say, well, of course, you know, kids, people, you know? Okay, mm-hmm, so sure. then what, are, what, is, what is the evidence that you can show me that that's happening? And oftentimes, just by asking that question, schools will start to uncover the things that they actually are doing, but they were unaware of it. Let's codify those great things. Let's systemize those great things so that it can become part of a culture. It can be part of commitments. So that whole when do I have time, it's like that's just the reaction to any change. But let's pull that back and say, like, okay, so what is more important than meeting the needs of your students, your families, your teachers, and yourself? And how are they doing? We've got to wind down in a couple of minutes, but how are they doing, and this is a key question, after you leave? 
because we all go through this, and we've all seen it with the professional development. Yours is excellent, by the way, provenprincipleLLC.com. It's excellent. Yeah. But I'm always curious. You know, everybody's excited when you leave because you're saying good stuff, Nathaniel, okay? And everybody wants to do it. And you know, you, you know like everybody else, stuff goes by the wayside eventually, yep. okay? Yep. And yep. talk to me just about your follow-up because I think people will be interested in that, you know, because everything you're saying makes sense. Okay. But it has yeah. to really happen for the long term. What are you hearing? Yeah. You, well, you got to have accountability. The yeah. last thing that yeah. I want and I know you is do. To, I know you be, do, or you wouldn't yeah. be here, but I'm just curious what you're the, hearing over the long yeah. term. Yeah. The la- I tell people all the time, it's just like, I don't want you to walk out of here feeling inspired. Inspiration <laughs> without action is a waste of time. Thank like you. a jelly donut, a jelly donut <laughs> looks great. Like, oh, that jelly donut, I'm inspired to eat that jelly donut. And it's all glittery and shiny with sprinkles and, and you eat it. And then like, you know, 30 minutes later, you go into a coma because you just feel bad about yourself because <laughs> it wasn't sustaining. The last thing I want to be, man, in this work is a jelly donut. I want to be, I want to be a protein shake. I'm trying to be yeah. a protein shake. So, so, when, so when schools work with me, the, the most important thing is, it's like, listen, I don't have the answers. I've got some pretty cool experiences. I've got some pretty cool life lessons. I've got 23 years-ish, you know, doing, doing this work. Um, I, have, I have the questions. And one of the things that I try to tell people is, like, you know, you get the answers by asking the right questions. And this is from principals to coaches. To, to Welcome anyone. to AI. Um, Welcome to AI. Yeah, the questions. A- yeah. exactly. Exactly. So um, I don't want to be a sage on the stage, brother. I want to be a guide on the side. So how, how we can sustain these things is we, we got to make sure that if we're going to be investing and maybe someone outside your school organization to come in, this is not a one and done. And the one and dones that I have, I'll be honest with you, they're, they're, they're jelly donuts. They're inspirational. But <laughs> if I can't sit there and, and hold your hand and, you know, help model the kinds of good questions that we need to ask our principals, help teams yeah. really cultivate their collective excellence – push a little bit harder, you know, ask some questions, kind of lean into questions, sit in awkwardness sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes we just need someone a little bit outside the organization to help us move the organization exactly. forward. Because we have, we, yeah, we have blinders on. And sure so, so when, I, when I'm working with people, I, I tell you, it's just like the universe put you and me together for a reason. There's 97,000 schools in America. For some reason, the universe brought us together. And so let's use this opportunity for, for, for me to help you grow. And I want to grow from you too. I want to be a missionary of hope for your school. I want to be a cross-pollinator when I'm going to that next school to be able to say, this school over here, they were struggling. They, were, they had an, a, a culture um, that, was, that was falling apart. But they worked with me, they worked with each other, and they cultivated an ecosystem of excellence. This is their success story. They made a mess, their message, and now that message is this school's mission. So let me share those stories of excellence. So I kind of see myself as a cross-pollinator when I'm working with these schools. And so now we have models of excellence that we can share. And so if we do that, one school at a time, one principal at a time, one team at a time, one teacher at a time, Larry, one student at a time, one family at a time, we will move mountains. You will indeed. You will indeed. And you're going to make that mountain. If if the mountain doesn't come to you, you got to go to the mountain. It's that simple. It's that open Absolutely. Thing. You got it. Nathaniel, this was great. I loved listening to you. Okay. Good luck. And I oh, have man, everything I, linked. 
I have everything linked up here on site. It's, it's at provenprincipallc.com. This is Nathan Provencio. And you were going to say, real quick? Oh, God bless you. God bless you, man. Thank, Thank you, man. Keep treating, every, you, keep, treating every, keep, keep treating every kid like they've got your last name. You got it, man. I love that line. It's a great line. And I thank you, Nathaniel. Have a good day. Thanks for being here. You, you too, man. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Well, you heard it here. Everything's linked. It's good. Okay. So check it out. Okay. ProvenPrincipalLLC.com. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. And if you ever need me, I'm at Larry at ace-ed.org. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Nathaniel.